0: welcome to the unlucky frog gaming podcast i'm your host ben porter and i am joined this independence day by daryl jones of splatterdink games how are you doing daryl i'm good how are you i'm i'm very well um as i was saying just before coming on the podcast i'm i'm off to loch Lomond tomorrow for a short break so pretty happy about that with yourself what you been up to well, I have
1: been uh, spending every waking moment working on a Kickstarter, so uh, I've got a few more weeks before I get a break. But uh, I'm I'm glad somebody gets one. Yeah, uh,
0: <laughs> I I have heard them. Um, Kickstars, Kickstarters are quite uh, time heavy.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's fun though. I'm learning a lot. The process of running a Kickstarter is. Uh, also new to me, so uh, there's a there's a lot to learn and and a lot of marketing and and uh, but it's cool because I get to do stuff like this.
0: Absolutely. So you are working on a game called Daubers: The Quest for the Key. That's right. Yep. Um, so I think first things first, let's address the elephant in the room in Scotland. The word "daubers" has quite a different meaning which you were not aware of
1: yeah no no i wasn't until uh, until I spoke uh, with uh, your associate a few days ago yeah, um, yeah. so I mean and that's that's just kind of a funny coincidence, I suppose, but the name uh, just comes from a, a, it's actually a term of endearment that uh, my grandfather used to use, and uh, when I was younger um you know, I, I was into fantasy art and fantasy books like Lord of the Rings and uh, C.S. Lewis, things like that. So um, I created, you know, this fun race of kind of gnome-like creatures that live in the forest, um, and I, I call them daubers. And I think it's kind of fun. Nobody else has ever pointed out that it's got any dual meanings. So um, other than the, the wasp that we have in the States called a mud dauber, but that's kind of a different thing. So
0: Yeah. I, I suppose... Phonetically, um, it it has a lot in common with with names for those diminutive little fey creatures that we're all quite familiar with, like hobbits and brownies and things like that.
1: Right. Yep. Um, A friend of mine, when they were trying to explain the concept to somebody, called them uh, forest hobbits. So, um, but yeah, brownies is another good one. I hadn't hadn't thought of them, so
0: they ha- kind of have that similar feel. Yeah, what it um, what what the dobers really put me in mind of when I first saw them was uh, when I was a little lad. Um, I, I I was quite a fan of uh, a TV show and a book series um, that was written by a lady called Enid Blyton, and it was called Noddy. I, I don't know if you're familiar with that. Well, her name sounds familiar. I may have to look that up and, and,
1: uh, and get more familiar with it.
0: Yeah. A lot of her stories are about uh, creatures that are quite similar to the Dauber's. Um, uh, you know, these obscure creatures from folklore, like uh, brownies and pixies and things like that. So it, it was quite nostalgic looking over a lot of your art. Is, is, is that something you've tapped into yourself for sure. Yeah. I, I really like that. I've had people
1: like yourself uh, make those comments. Uh, hey, this reminds me of my childhood when I was a fan of this book series or this TV show. Um, probably the one that's most commonly mentioned is the, uh, the Lord of the Rings cartoon from the 70s. But also a lot of people mentioned Fraggle Rock. I don't know if that's something you are familiar with, but it was a a puppet show um it was that a Jim a Henderson
0: game? show, wasn't it?
1: yeah, 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 yep, yeah. so um, those kind of things to me, I think work really well uh with with the the concept, uh so I definitely consider that kind of an endearing comment, yeah,
0: yeah, it's probably worth mentioning here that you're not only a game designer, you've done all of the art for this game yourself. Yeah,
1: that's that's correct.
0: When I was uh, growing
1: up, I was always doodling and drawing. I uh, got into gaming. Uh, we did you know Dungeons and Dragons and lots of role-playing games. And then, of course, we, we got into card games, uh, my friends and I. And throughout that entire time when I was a kid in middle school and high school, um, I probably spent just as much time uh, drawing my own art for the games we were playing or making hybrids of the game or whatever, uh, where I was spent, you know, that time creating as we did actually playing the games. And it created that kind of love for it in me, my, in myself, um, that I, I carried with me forever. So it's been, it's been fun to come back to that. Cause there was, you know, of course, a time where uh, as we get older, we would get jobs and, and have a family and, and some of those, uh, things get put on the shelf, but they never really go away. So mm-hmm. uh, this has been a real, real exciting time just for me to get to embrace that
0: creative side of myself and and hopefully share it with the world. One of the things that um, GM Barry says in Peter Pan, when he talks about Mr. Darling, the father, is yeah. that um, when he became an adult, he had to put all of his dreams in a little box and then every so often he takes them out to look at them again. Yeah, yeah. So that's, uh, I, I think that's the
1: life I'm trying to avoid. I don't want to take them out and look at them occasionally. I hope that they they come out of the box and they stay out of the box and they live in my home
0: and they live in my office, yes. you know. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, cool. the, well, I, I appreciate you bringing that up. That's cool. Yeah, it's, it's quite a sweet Little metaphor, but it's deeply sad at the same time. Um, right, and and like you say, it's great that you can actually bring those dreams out the the box and and bring them to life. Yeah. So, um, let's talk a little bit about Daubers and mm-hmm. and how you decided to to run with this as, as a concept for a game. Because it, right. it started life, at least in the public sphere, as a comic, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, right
1: after I got out of college, I wanted to kind of invest some time into just exploring, you know, my own concepts, my own ideas. And uh, it was kind of like this sweet moment between graduating college and, and looking for a full-time job. So I spent this time and I, I wrote the comic book. Um, self published it we went to a couple conventions and and had a pretty warm review but it wasn't uh, enough to you know like really take off and get picked up by a publisher but you know, even back then though independent publishing was not as strong um, sure. as it is today with Kickstarter and some other avenues so um, that was fun and uh you know then life took over I still fondly looked at the the comic book and the ideas there and then we had kids and I read the comic book, my kids, right? So they kind of got into it. They enjoyed it every now and then I'd catch them pretending to play in the always green forest as one of these characters and they're fighting the wood sprite or looking for the magical key. And uh, uh, then as they got older, we, my wife and I were sharing our love for board games with them, of course, and uh, it just seemed like the natural next step for me if i wanted to kind of reimagine this story bring it to life again for my kids was to make a board game using those concepts
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh in the game though it's it's fun because the way the game is structured i have like a lot of the story beats that are in the book uh, but when you play the game you actually kind of make the story as you go you're playing down the Locations and the encounters on the board, um, and so they come out in a different order every time, or a different combination, and things like that. So it's like you get all these moments from the book, but they've been put into a blender, and then they come out as a board game, and they're different every time. So uh, I get to get to enjoy kind of a new story every time it's played. A
0: retelling, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So we unlucky frog have not had a chance to play the game. But do mm-hmm. you, why don't you tell us what it's all about, how it works, that sort of thing? Sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so it is, at its core, uh, I suppose it's a deck building game. And if you're familiar with that, everyone starts with the same 10 cards and you use those cards to acquire new cards that go into your discard pile that then uh, you, you're basically kind of buying the op opportunity to use those cards in the future and as you do so you you gain a more powerful deck so you kind of keep recycling your deck until it's better and better Mm -hmm. Uh, but this game is is quite different from any other deck building that i've played and and even uh, some of the reviewers have said that too because um, there's two new elements added to it one of them is equipping your hero. So as you're acquiring cards, you're acquiring uh, weapons and armor and items, in addition to some of the more traditional deck building cards, which we call effects. But those, when you when you acquire them and get them back in your hand, you play them on your hero and they stay in play for as long as they can. You know, So there's some effects that might take them out, but for the most part, they are semi-permanent. So now your hero has his base stats plus armor which adds to his stats or plus a sword that adds to his stats right so you're kind of building up this this creature this hero that stays out on the board and
0: he is who you use to move throughout the game board so you've uh, got this deck building rpg hybrid going on almost yeah yeah that's yeah uh, that's been pointed out too and i i For
1: some stupid reason, I forget to mention that. But yeah, that's kind of the point, is I wanted to create a RPG feel when you're playing the game. So you're Mm -hmm. building your hero, leveling up, so to speak, uh, so you can go on this quest uh, for the key. And so in addition to that, it's a race game. And you're trying to get your hero to the key before your opponents do. And the way you slow your opponents down is you play encounters out on the board. So while you're building your deck to equip your hero, you have to kind of divide your resources to building the board. So there's a second row of cards to purchase that are uh, creatures and locations. So um, you've got this turn, and you're like, okay, I've got that really cool piece of armor out there. Am I going to buy that? But so and so is about to be ready to move to the next space on the board. I think I'm gonna hold off on the armor, I'm gonna buy the swamp, and I'm gonna put the swamp in front of them. So that whole tension between devoting your energy towards making your character stronger versus devoting your energy to slowing down your opponents is a really interesting core part of the game. Um unlike a lot of games that i've played it forces you to be engaged when it's not your turn so you're spending this whole time you know watching your opponents to see what they're going to put down in front of you or if they're going to buy equipment and what equipment they buy because some locations are strong against certain types of equipment or weak against certain type of equipment so things like that there's there's so much interaction between the cards um, that it, it's it's one of those games that depending on how competitive you are you you may end up with a really long epic game because you're just you know in this tug of war fighting with your opponents but you the the time just flies you know it just goes by super fast because you're so engaged with watching what your opponent's doing and and also then trying to further your own agenda with it
0: it actually sounds a little bit like mario kart almost where you're trying to make sure that your opponent has as unpleasant a time as possible?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's Mario Kart meets Dominion, uh, but with a lot more emphasis on the RPG side and a little less on the engine building. So you can still kind of build your engine like you would in a game such as Dominion, but it's not going to really determine whether or not you win. It might help you be more efficient on your turns um, but really the strategy is more about uh, aligning you know, the, the tougher cards against an opponent who has the certain type of equipment or whatever. But really, I mean, you can play it any way, really. There's so many different things you can do with it.
0: It sounds like it. Um, it actually sounds quite a bit different from anything that, that we're really seeing on, on the market at the moment, but what I'm, what I'm quite interested in is that you had this pre-existing universe with these pre-existing characters. Um, how difficult was it to to fabricate a, a game from that?
1: Yeah, that's an interesting question. Uh, I think for me it was not too difficult because as an artist, I I like to focus on. Moments, or, you know, like kind of still frames of the stories that I'm either telling or, or working on or even experiencing for, as a fan. Sure. Uh, so within that context, if I needed to create the, the heroes that you get to play or the locations, you know, so those moments I already had kind of still framed in my mind, at least mm-hmm. at some point, Um so it was a matter of just coming up with all the illustrations. Now, the mechanics of the game, those were all just born in the last year. So that that idea of trying to use deck building mechanics to create a journey RPG esque game. Um, you know, I don't I don't even know where that came from. It was just something my son and I we were trying to trying to create something fun, that use some mechanics that we like, and it just kept growing and and becoming more and more about the
0: board and about the journey, which I think is great because that's what makes it unique on the market. So it was a a fairly organic process, it's safe to say. For sure, yeah. 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 Uh, My son helped me a lot, and it was a good experience for us
1: to just do together. Obviously, the production uh, is 100% me, but as far as helping come up with ideas and enjoying playing the game together and play testing it and finding the even the flaws plus the
0: the good parts uh it was a really neat thing to do with him and my family yeah so you you mentioned about playing the game with your family and and with your your son in particular helping with the the play testing element but Mm -hmm. you are in the unique position where you've pretty much done this whole thing yourself, that must have been quite an undertaking yeah it it definitely is um I think i I didn't
1: probably understand it uh fully until you know getting to this point the amount of work that goes into illustration uh in addition to you know setting up the website or writing the rule book or uh, even just the amount of iterations with, with the temporary cards as we tested it. Mm-hmm. Um, it just went on and on and on, and there was always more and more to do. Uh, for example, today I'm actually going to be releasing, uh, showing to the backers and probably to you know, anyone who's interested, uh, a new game illustration or a new board illustration. The current board that you can see on the Kickstarter was one of the prototypes where it was all kind of just mechanics with a little bit of color to make it more interesting, but it was really just about the mechanics. Mm -hmm. So the, the board that was intended to be the final board and will be the one that gets printed is an illustration that has the feel of a, uh, a a location. So the whole thing is like kind of in the forest and there's little bridges and creeks and paths and bushes and rocks and stuff like that. So it's kind of a D and D esque uh, top down map. Um, Hopefully, it's still generic enough that the location cards take the spotlight, and they and they will. But mm-hmm. it's still going to add a lot more visual interest and texture to the, the overall game. So
0: I'm excited to get to do that. But I'm still working on it. That's, I guess, my point. Yeah. <laughs> Even during the Kickstarter. I, I feel like I, I really want to emphasize to the, the listeners here, just in case it's not already clear, Daryl has done... All of the game design and all of the artwork for this game by himself. Just yeah, let that I mean, even the, in.
1: the graphic design,
0: too. So it's a. Yeah. A, a, that's a, a different beast in and of itself, too. So Yeah. Because it, as you pointed out earlier, th- th- there are a number of designers who, you know, they work on games by themselves. But uh, as you say, uh, more often than not, th- they outsource the art side of the game to an artist a freelance artist more often than not and you've yep. done all of that yourself which is staggering cool well, i i appreciate that i
1: i know i worked hard on it and i'm really pleased to get to do it uh, a yeah. lot of why i'm doing this is is also because i love to draw and i want to do that uh more as my career and and less as a
0: hobby yeah and i have to say as well we'll we'll probably put a, a link to your website in in the notes um for the show but if you're not familiar with with daryl's work go and take a look because it is all of a very high standard and um as, as a lover of of fantasy um I I just really enjoy the that um that sort of innocent and childlike aesthetic with the dark undertones which very much in my opinion epitomizes what fairy tales are all about.
1: Oh that's that's great. I really appreciate that. Um yeah, it in there is a, a bit of a balance that I'm trying to strike uh, in conveying the game with that because the, um, my style is, is got that kind of childlike innocence, like you said. Uh, but the game is still got a deep amount of strategy available to it. So it's not a kid's game. You know, it's still, it's safe for kids, it's family friendly, all that stuff, but it's a high, high strategy, highly competitive game. If that's the type of people you play with. So, um, uh, that's something to I guess keep in mind a friend of mine, actually a, a reviewer said uh, in his review, it's easy to learn uh, but hard to win so that, that sums it up
0: I think um, a lot of the really good games are aren't they, where they're, they're, they're very easy to pick up but they're, there's a certain amount of hidden depth to them um, cool. because uh, I mean like you take a lot of the the very popular card games like Pokemon and Magic: The Gathering—they're—they're they're very easy to learn, but there's a vast amount of depth to them. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that was my goal, um, and I agree with that. I've played a number of games. Um, obviously, I mean, that's that's why I'm doing this. I love games. Yeah. Um, and I just I love those games that are really challenging. You know, you get to play with the right people, and if you don't bring your uh, you know your best to the table, then you're gonna lose, and that's the way I want to make games so that that kind of dynamic is possible because the game structure provides it so it's it's
0: fun stuff, yeah, so you mentioned just there um that you love games uh, mm-hmm. what what do you play, and what in particular do you think has been informing? your your style and decisions as a designer with um dobber's quest for the key
1: yeah um so
0: as a gamer you know i've just
1: been in the uh the culture at least to a certain extent for a long time now as far as kind of the 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 public facing social side of it i'm getting more and more into that you know i'm, I'm listening to more and more podcasts and things and that's um, obviously a bit of a tangent but that's, you know, anyway uh, part of it for me but uh, as a as a young man I really got into uh, Magic the Gathering and Dungeons and Dragons, those are probably the biggest kind of uh, core uh, hooks for me as a gamer when I, was, when I was younger, so this was back when Magic though was just released, so this is like second and third year after it was published so So, uh, i've been doing it for a while um mid mid 90s
0: (laughs) i I think what's that 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 would be mid 90s we're talking yeah
1: yep yep so i still have some ice age and some dark cards and stuff like that so
0: um
1: so that that was a big uh hook that's kind of where i started getting into it um and then through the years i made friends with a guy named jeff martin runs a company called True Dungeon, or actually the company's True Adventures, but True Dungeon is the, the product. And in uh, a lot of conventions here in the States, he puts together a basically a live action uh, D&D adventure. And you go through it, it's about two hours long. And it's not like a LARP, it's not just pretending and talking, but there's actually a lot of, of actual, you know, like puzzles that you have to solve with, you know, different penalties and things like that. And lots of cooperative work. Um, He set up a kind of a battle mechanic. So you're not just boffer, you know, like where you're whacking each other with foam swords, but it's more of a still more of a dexterity based thing. And I won't, I won't go into all those details, but anyway, I became friends with him and I began working with him on projects. So like I've designed his website and things like that. And through that, I started going to Gen Con, which is one of the largest game, Uh, conventions in the world. Um, I mean, there's several, but it is one of the top ones. Oh, it's uh,
0: top three quite comfortably, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, So I've been going to Gen Con now for 15 years and taking my family and just getting immersed in all the new games, you know, so every year we have a new favorite. So um, I find it interesting how often I get this question, you know, what's your favorite game? Right now, it's probably Bunny Kingdom. Uh, it's just a really good strategy worker placement game, simple to play, hard to win kind of thing. But I know that's not going to be my favorite game forever. It's just for this year, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, you've got modes, um, haven't you? Everyone does.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so, so yeah. Right now, uh, Bunny Kingdom. I, I really enjoy Scythe. If you've tried that one yet. Um those kind of have a more of a work replacement thing. As far as deck builders go, um, I went through my dominion phase, but then I kind of, that kind of phased out because it is such a engine building game. Like once you kind of know how to build the engine then a lot of the discovery yeah. kind of goes away. Um, that doesn't mean you like mastered it, but it's, you know, it it loses a little bit of its magic and, uh, but then ascension, we enjoy that a lot. Um, and then Star Realms. is probably the first deck builder I played. And so, consequently, that definitely influences the Dopper's Quest for the Key. Um, but, you know, it's, it's interesting because I always feel like I have to say, but it's so different, you know, because there is the whole spatial element with the board, and you're building out these encounters, which are basically your uh, list of things to overcome on your quest right sure uh so that's just i don't that doesn't exist anywhere that i know of
0: yeah and what one of the things or one of the the big complaints i have about a lot of deck builders is um they can fall into this trap of not being particularly interactive right where you can spend a good portion of the game just watching the other player drawing cards and um, as you've mentioned with uh, Dauber's Quest for the Key um, you, you've got this, uh, this element of uh, playing tricks on other players during their turn which um, presumably circumvents that issue of uh, deck builder games tending towards being a, a very solitary experience. Yeah, um, that's that's a
1: huge part of the game. Uh, you're you're going to spend a lot of time focused uh, your focusing your turn on other players. Um, it's not, in my opinion, like to the same level of Munchkin where there's like this whole gotcha thing. But there mm-hmm. is that sort of element present. Um, so if you're uh, whether you're building a encounter. And you happen to notice that now now again, so to back up one statement, knowing the game gives you an advantage, so the more you play it, the more uh you're going to learn the nuances of it, which I think is true for any game, right uh, yeah um, yeah, yeah, so well you know fast forward, you've played a few times, you now know that the tree golem is immune to equipment that is thorn equipment, okay, mm-hmm. and you notice that player B has you know thorn armor on you put. And you, you know, and so this is kind of a funny thing that also happens in the game. There's a lot of, I don't know if table talk is the right word or, or smack talk or whatever, but there's a lot of, <laughs> of playing with your opponent by, because of, Oh, well, I didn't even really explain this. When you play the encounters, they go face down. So you can see it's a swamp, but you don't know the point value of it. That part is face down.
0: So there's a psychological element to the game.
1: Yeah, so you're trying to distract them, you know. You even say things like, "Hey, did you notice that that so and so has whatever card?" And then they look at that card, and while they're doing that, you you buy the card that you're going to play, and you put it on the board so they don't see it, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a stack, and all the cards underneath the stack, it's you know, it's up to a bit of uh, honor to not cheat when you do that kind of thing. But also, it's up to you as a player to pay attention so that yeah. you don't get trapped by not seeing what so-and-so put out. So, you know, I put that tree golem out there that's immune to thorn armor and you weren't paying attention. You're wearing thorn armor and you walk right up to that encounter and you flip it over and you can't fight it. So boom, Uh, you know, that kind of stuff's fun for me. Uh, You know, obviously I want to win and I don't want new players to feel like it's rigged against them. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's also kind of the magic. You get to know it more and more and you get to
0: embrace those nuances and and uh kind
1: of depth of strategy
0: well absolutely i think um re- replayability is is vital and particularly in a day and age where game prices are climbing higher and higher people are looking for more bang for their buck so anything that provides that um more power to you i say yes yeah, yeah it's definitely one where every game's different so it's very
1: replayable Um, I'm also excited because it's also, with this format, very expandable. Mm -hmm. Um, There's going to be a lot more opportunities to uh, embrace some of these concepts and push them to uh, new levels and and create new interactions and powers or whatever you want to call it.
0: Yeah. So your Kickstarter is currently Mm -hmm. live and is, I think, when I last look, about 40% funded? Yeah, Is that right. Yeah, I think so. Unless yeah. something
1: happened in the last couple hours.
0: Yeah. Well, who knows? Well. Yeah. <laughs> so you're about forty percent funded. So maybe getting ahead of ourselves a little bit here. You do. You do have twenty days to go. So plenty of time. Mm-hmm. But what does the future of Splatterdink look like?
1: Well. Um... There's a lot of things I want to do. I have a lot of ideas, and it's probably common for a lot of game designers. Uh, Regarding the the daubers and that storyline, I've got two plans with that. This particular game definitely has the opportunity for expansions, uh, whether that's new boards um, and new packs of cards with new creatures and locations. All that kind of stuff is uh, highly probable. Mm-hmm. But my intention with the story is to create a series of games that are all different that loosely connect together to make a bigger story, kind of a, a story arc, if you will. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so this is the quest for the key. And then the next board game will be a, a, a different set of mechanics where uh, it is the, the, the thief of the key. So now you've already got the key right? So now you're continuing the story with the key, and the general concept for that is that one player will randomly be determined to be the thief, and no one will know who it is, so you play through this game trying to determine who the thief is and if the thief can actually steal the key. So, um, you know, obviously it's a different concept, and hopefully that works. I mean, I've, I've told other people, and they like the idea, um, but also there's the whole thing with marketing and building your your base customers and they want everything to always be the same because people resist change. So we'll see what plays out, but that's what I want to do. I want to create a series of different games that all kind of connect together in the same world.
0: That that sounds excellent. And we look forward to seeing that in the future. Um, That is about all we've got time for, but for people who are interested in what you're doing and maybe want to back the game, Where do they go? Yeah, well,
1: splatteredinc.com is my website. Um, You can also go to daubersquest.com. It's the same uh, website. All over the site right now, it's mostly just pointing people to the Kickstarter. Um, So if you you go to Kickstarter, uh, there should be a forwarder that's daubersquest.com slash Kickstarter. But if you go to Kickstarter and you just want to search for uh, daubers quest or anything like that you can find me on there uh, you can find ink games on there so you should it uh, shouldn't be hard to find we've tried to make as many opportunities for people to find it as possible and uh, that's uh, that's the idea so but yeah you can and also if you want social media i'm ink everywhere so ink on twitch twitter instagram uh, facebook all those places
0: the ink is literally splattered everywhere Splattered everywhere. Yep, trying to. (laughs) There you go. Daryl, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Pleasure having you on the show. And for all of our listeners, wherever you are, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Hi, guys. It's uh, Josh from the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast here. Thanks for listening to us. And now be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, Just search for the Unlucky Frog Gaming. Uh, You can also show your support for Unlucky Frog through Patreon. Be sure to check out our website, www.unluckyfrog.com, to find out more. Was that so hard? (laughs) Look. (laughs)